the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming along today for The Ride Home, the Wednesday edition. Okay, have you heard the news about the plane crash in Mexico? This is this is significant. All 103 passengers and crew on board the Aeromexico flight survived the crash, but 97 are injured, two of them seriously. Here's a, here's, this is from the BBC. State Governor Jose Rojas Asupio said the plane was hit by a gust of wind which caused a sudden descent. Its left wing then touched the ground and two engines broke off. It was flying from Guadalupe, Victoria International Airport in Durango to Mexico City. So initial reports said 97 passengers, four crew, Two children were on board, uh, 103 people. The plane to- made this dive down shortly after takeoff. One of the passengers uh, said, I knew something was wrong. The plane began to shake. He said the plane hit the ground, started to bounce and slide and shake until it hit some trees and stopped. All the lights went off. There was smoke inside the cabin, panicking, screaming. The passenger said it was a miracle of God that we all survived. And today, 103 people are safe. I mean, the most miraculous crash. That is unthinkable. That never happens. The pilot apparently injured badly uh, with spinal injuries because the plane came down and hit the nose after the wing hit. So smashing into the ground. How is it? First, I don't understand anything about the mechanics of flight or the physics of how that would be possible. Right. But it's upsetting that a gust of wind could cause that to happen. Do you, does yeah. that upset you? Does no, that make you I mean, think like... It's, um, I mean, anytime your plane takes off, when you're taxiing down the runway and you're, right, speed, 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 and all of a sudden you feel the thing lift off, it's a, it feels like a miracle to me. Oh, of course it I is mean, a miracle. You know, I always think of the Wright brothers and what would yep. they think as I this, know. you know, massive thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of metal and steel and the fact that we do it while we're like reading a book or just checking out the paper or right. we're just it's so normal to us it's that we don't miracle. even think twice about how shocking it is that we're doing this yes i mean well i think about it when we take off and we land i'm always kind of like okay here we go i took my um my daughter on i took both my kids on their first plane flight yeah okay and they weren't they were pretty old when I took them. I mean, a lot of people fly with their kids when they're babies or whatever. We just n- never did that. So um, my younger daughter was 12 the first time – or 11. 11, I guess, the first time she went on a plane. But my other daughter was 18, okay? Yeah. And she was very nervous about the idea of flying because to her, the physics of it are acute, Right, she can sense it, and she can analyze it, and she thinks there's no possible way that. The, you know, what are you happen. talking about? Anyway, 
But she was all, you know, she was psyched up. She was happy to be doing it with me. And uh, I explained everything to her about what it would feel like as best I could. And so we're sitting in the airplane and we're buckled in and we start going down the runway. And I said, Aunt, you know, this is what it's going to feel like. It's going to be fine. And she seemed absolutely fine. Yeah. Really, she seemed absolutely fine. <laughs> but that moment where you lift off. You feel yourself. She burst into tears. I mean, <laughs> instantaneous sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> Out of fear, so relief, uh, trepidation. She said all of those things. Yeah. All of those things. That's it so was cool. Just, it, anyway. And then when, that was just, you know, our, our, us going from Pittsburgh to Charlotte. Yeah. And then when we, when we took off in Charlotte, she was like, fine. Oh, yeah. She's an old pro. <laughs> the heck. Isn't that funny? It really is. I mean, seriously, uh, I was, so I was just in the Outer Banks two weeks ago, and I, I always make a regular pilgrimage to Kitty Hawk. Because Do you? I, I didn't know that. There's a great museum down there, and the dunes are there. I mean, you see the actual spot where Orville and Wilbur first took off with powered flight. That's so fabulous. It is fabulous. And the the, the genius of all those men before them and after them, and uh, it, it's a miracle of miracles to be floating thousands of feet in the air and it look really down is. and go, there's humanity. And, and how fabulous are. is it that when Apollo 11 went to the moon, they had a little piece of that mm-hmm. from Kitty Hawk? Yeah, a little piece of the, yeah. Yeah, fa- the linen fabric of was the it, wing. Was it Neil Armstrong who took that? I believe it was. I think yeah. it was him. Because he's, he's from Ohio, and of course the Wright right. brothers were from, from Ohio. From Dayton, right? Right. And he wanted, he re- what I love about that is that he recognized his own heritage. The lineage. Right, the, uh, that he was a part of something that had started yep. a long time ago. Yep, and there he took it along. We uh, went with the Boy Scouts one year to the Dayton bike shop that the Wright brothers owned. And, you know, they've restored it, and you went inside, and they... they so is yeah, it like a museum now? Yeah, it's, you know... Is it a bike shop? They sell, you can buy a Wright bicycle. They'll happily sell you. I mean, of course, they're. But it costs like five thousand dollars. No, it's it's. I think the cheapest one was like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, okay. It's a fixed wheel. You okay. know, it's not an English. It's not a. You know, the gears move through. Right. But it would be cool to own that. And there they were. What I love about it, these two guys, these brothers, were self-taught engineers. And so then, and you know, in their bike shop, they would do all the machinations, the the math of putting those. You know that machine in the air, and then they would and trying take, to come up with lighter and lighter materials, right? Right, and go back and, and take a you know a, a drive down to Kitty Hawk from all the way up in Dayton and carry all that stuff with them. Set up a camp on the dunes and list the people of Kitty Hawk to be part of that. Well, it was just this wild group effort. It's fabulous. I'll tell you, if you've never read David McCullough's book on the Wright oh, Brothers, you have to do, do it. He, it's a great read. I, I, it is a great read. It's an easy read. It's a fast read. And you'll feel like – you'll feel so grateful mm-hmm. that you've lived after those two. <laughs> you get that right. Yeah. Tell anyway, me. how do we get started? Oh, because of the Mexico plane yeah. crash. You know, 100 people, 300 I mean, people survived. kudos to that pilot. Oh, my goodness Absolutely. Gracious. Kudos to that whole yeah. – um, the whole staff of that plane. Apparently, that the, the airlines, Aeromexico, is one of the safest. The last time they had a crash was in 1981. Well, if you look at how few plane crashes there are oh. and how often we fly yeah. in the air – it's sh- we'd wish that our cars it were that sh- safe. You got that right. You know what I mean. One hundred percent. All right. Coming up next, do we decide to follow Jesus? Do we decide? And we talk like we do. We talked yesterday about that Twitter thing about yeah. you confusing know, phrases. Confusing you hear. as a kid in the church. Right. And one of them is you have to ask Jesus into your heart. Have you asked Jesus into your heart? Yeah. We're going to talk to Eric Andre in just a little bit about is that the way that we should talk about salvation and recognizing the God of the universe? Coming up next on today's ride home. Wow. 
101.5 WORD with James McDonald and Walk in the Word. It's a habit we all fall into. We begin to worry over the future, over relationships, over money, over practically everything. It's the rut of anxiety that traps us. But God's Word points to an escape from anxiety to have peace of mind. Ready to break the habit and find freedom from worry? Listen all week long to Walk in the Word with James McDonald. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. A couple witnesses angels at a dangerous car crash. A man is healed on his deathbed and given another chance to live. Two Christian pastors perform an exorcism on a psychic possessed by demons. A man thought his baby died until the impossible happened. These miracles are true and are chronicled in the first book of a new series, When God Happens, True Stories of Modern-Day Miracles. When God Happens is compiled and edited by best-selling authors Angela Hunt and Bill Myers. Hunt and Myers came together to remind Christians God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not turned his back on us or left us to our own devices. If you have an exciting miracle you'd like to see shared in the next edition of When God Happens, visit the website at whengodhappens.com. Get your copy now of best-selling authors Angela Hunt and Bill Myers' miraculous new book, When God Happens, True Stories of Modern-Day Miracles. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Volante and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Why pay double for windows, siding, and doors? When getting estimates, make sure Windows Are Us is one of them. More than a window company, they're the area's premier exterior replacement company. For roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and fast turnaround. And their no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage. Mention Word FM for an exclusive 10% discount. Windows Are Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsareuspittsburgh.com. The need for long-term care catches many people by surprise. Too often, families are unprepared and overwhelmed. I'm attorney Tim Seckler. As one of the region's few certified elder law attorneys, I've helped dozens of families in similar situations. With nursing home costs exceeding $10,000 per month, time is of the essence. At the Secular Law Firm, we can typically meet within 72 hours of your call. We work on a flat fee basis, and the first meeting is always free. You are not alone. Get help now at secularlawfirm.com. Yesterday's show, we talked about a um, uh, something we saw on Twitter that common phrases we use in the church, mm-hmm. and not just common phrases we use in the church, but phrases that we heard when we were kids that totally confused us. Right, like my yoke is easy. Right, and so kids automatically think about eggs. Right, <laughs> or um, I'm covered in the blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. How does that work? That sounds awful. Yes, so. Uh, Today, for I guess, in, for some clarity. Well, know. well, yeah, because the the other one we talked about was um, I asked Jesus into my heart. Yes, which caused us to think. Now, wait a minute. How does that work? How does that work? Right. I mean, is that what we should be telling kids? Is that really the accuracy of what's happening, um, or should we try to come up with something maybe a little better 
that's closer to true that we can tell kids. Here was something a little better. Pastor Eric Andre, <laughs> he's the campus pastor at Lutheran Student Fellowship in Oakland, also associate pastor, First Trinity Church. Uh, pastor Eric, always a pleasure, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, real good. So good. have you decided to receive Christ as your Savior? It's different than asking Jesus in your heart. Well, you know, I think there's a connection, though, right? And and when I think of phrases like, uh, I've asked Jesus into my heart, or have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or, you know, uh, I have decided to receive Jesus as my Savior. Um, the, the problem is, and, and there's a lot to affirm in that, obviously. I mean, there's a lot to affirm in that. We, we should affirm those who, you know, have been maybe awakened out of their, out of their spiritual slumber friends or through some televangelist or an article they read somewhere or whatever or a crisis in their life and, and they want to turn things around and, and, and maybe they you know they decided to, to to visit a church or to open up the scriptures or talk to a Christian friend and of course that's great and if that leads to kind of a, a decisive moment in their life where now they recognize that Jesus is Lord that Jesus is Savior and they, and they so to speak you know in their language make that decision of course, that's, that's essentially a good thing. The problem is that our language about that can betray a certain misunderstanding about really the nature of salvation. And, and of course, what we teach and what we believe and how we speak about salvation, that's really what the faith stands or falls on. It's what the church stands or falls on. So, uh, you know, Jesus is in, in my life. He's in my heart. He's in my mind. He's in my soul. Uh, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. But is he those things because I have done something, even something like a decision or an acceptance or a request for him, or is he those things because he has done something? You know, uh, I have a couple of New Testaments that have been handed out, uh, one by the Gideons and one published by Holman Bible Publishers, and, and, and the Holman one has, you can fill out the end of the New Testament, there's a page, a record of salvation. You can put on such and such a date, yeah. you know, I guess supposedly having read the New Testament, I now trust Jesus as my Savior, and I have given myself to him as Lord of my life. But Jesus is the Lord, for that matter, objectively, of everyone. He's the Lord of the universe, and objectively, he's the Savior. He's the one and only Savior by his work on the cross, and he is not those things because I give myself to him. He is those things because he gives himself to me. Yes. Faith recognizes it. Faith appropriates it, but not because of, or, or frankly, what I consider even worse language in, in the Gideon New Testament that has one of them. It has, and again, the Gideons have done great work. I'm not criticizing people who put Bibles into hotel rooms and hand them out. I mean, it's a fantastic thing. But it has this record where you can put name date of when you, it says, my decision to receive Christ as my Savior. I, I prefer the language of the New Testament itself. I prefer the language of Paul. So, for example, in Ephesians 1, where he writes, and this is from the New Living Translation. It's almost a little bit of a paraphrase, but I think this is good. It really captures it. Uh, Ephesians 1, 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Yes, but so, Eric, that decision, that affirmation, though, it is important and important to say it, isn't it? I think it, I think um, what happens is we must distinguish between the point of salvation and conversion, which is the work of God alone. That is the Spirit's work. That is Christ alone. You know, I think of the, 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 the Reformation rallying cries of alone or sola, faith alone, grace alone. 
Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, right? We must distinguish between that, and that's, that's you know, that's, that's, deci- that's decisive. That's a decisive moment. And then, and in many churches, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a rite of passage, whether it's confirmation or something else, as, as a teenager grows, where you, where you kind of say, what God has done in my life, what he did for me at baptism, what he has done for me by feeding me with his word and nurturing me in the church and through my parents, I affirm that. I confirm it. Uh, I recognize it. I know it. I believe it. I still hold on to that. Right? So if we want to talk about that as a decision uh, to still acknowledge what God originally decided, you know, that's fine. I just think we need to be maybe a little bit more careful with the language, especially as, as it regards salvation. Yeah. So what you're saying is our um, language, most accurately based on what the Bible tells us, should be that we recognize who Jesus has always been. The, the verbs are salvation. The subject is God. And, and, and we have to keep it. I mean, we can, we can, maybe we can, maybe we can speak about, you know, making a decision for God. Maybe we can speak about, you know, uh, coming to some sort of, um, commitment to, to be a Christian, to be a better Christian. But it would almost be blasphemy if we do that in, and in, in forgetting or not emphasizing that it's God who has decided for us, who has turned to us, who has adopted us, who has given his son to us all. I mean, that language in that one sentence from Ephesians 1.5, it's God who decides in advance to adopt us and brings us through Jesus Christ. It's all what God is doing, right? And so, so yes, then we, of course, I, you know, the three of us talking right now, we are Christians, we are believers. Of course, we affirm that. And in a sense, we make decisions all the time that in a sense impact that. We can certainly make decisions that draw us away from that truth. But yes, we also make decisions like, I'm going to get up and go to church on Sunday. I'm going to do my, you know, Bible reading today. I'm going to treat people well. I'm going to try to do the right ethical thing. And all of that impacts my life as a Christian. But it's not what makes me a Christian. That's not my record of salvation. That's more or less my record of who God has made me to be, if, if you will, if you see the difference. Yes. Eric Andre is with us from Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also at First Trinity Church. Okay, so can we look at Nicodemus talking to Jesus in John 3 as a yeah. maybe a case study? So yeah. um, so Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He was a Pharisee. Um, he was a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. So, right. So walk us through this and tell Tell us what, I mean, what does it tell us about how we should understand salvation? Well, I think we have to connect what Jesus says to Nicodemus uh, in John chapter 3 when he speaks of being born again by water and the Spirit. We hear the same kind of language that Paul, which Paul uses in Titus chapter 3. Depending on the translation, you'll have their regener- the waters of regeneration, you'll have the waters of rebirth, or even the water of being born again. So Paul and Jesus are using the same kind of language. They're talking about spirit, water, rebirth. Uh, I think the idea of being born again sometimes has different meanings for different, different Christians. And I think we need to acknowledge that. But I think what, what Jesus and Paul are doing here uh, is what Paul also does in Ephesians 1 that I already quoted when he uses the language of adoption. Because in Galatians 3, and I realize I just threw out a bunch of passages here, but Ephesians 1, Galatians 3 and 4, John 3, Titus 3, there's language of, of water and rebirth and adoption. And all of that points to that the being born again is something that happens 
as Paul says in Romans 6, that we are buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him. So it's, it's baptismal language. It's rebirth language. And of course, the language of being born again, it's interesting that that's often, so often coupled with our decision or our acceptance, because birth is about as passive as you can get. My birth is certainly not something I decided to do. I had no say in it. You know, my parents got together, uh, you know, literally and physically and figuratively and all that, and nine months later, I was born. Uh, and, and so I think Scripture is very helpful here in that kind of language showing us again. Or, or if you think of the, the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel 37, or if we think of Lazarus. You know, when Lazarus is in the grave, Jesus doesn't come up and say to him, he doesn't, he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't say to the grave, okay, Lazarus, I've come this far, now it's up to you to, to accept me and come to me. No, I mean, Lazarus is dead. Mm. Paul says in Colossians 2 that we are dead we're in dead our trespasses right. and sins. The only thing that can help is resurrection. And one of the means that God uses for resurrection is that burying and resurrecting through, through the baptismal waters. That's, that's kind of how the cross is applied to us. Mm-hmm. So I think it, again, points so beautifully. And, 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 you know, and why is this important? Why is this important? Well, there's many reasons why it's important, but maybe the main reason it's important is the comfort that this should give people. I know, and you guys know this, that the decisions we make, the things that we do, are never, you know, rock solid. They're they're always a bit wobbly. Sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we're not sure if we if our commitment was strong enough. And I'm speaking just in general here, not just spiritual. I'm speaking in general life. So if this decision if this commitment, if the acceptance is actually God's decision to adopt me, God's commitment to me in Christ, that he will not leave me, that no, no, no one will snatch me out of his hands, if the decision is that he loves me, then it's sure. Then it is so sure that I can rest in that, and I can just live freely as his child. You know, so I think it's, the, it's for comfort of sinners. It's for blessed assurance for those who are troubled in conscience, and it's good for evangelism. We can tell people. I can tell the Muslim, the Jew, and the atheist, you know, in, in, in so many words, I can tell them, uh, you have a Lord and Savior. His name is Jesus Christ, and the whole world was reconciled to him by, by the cross, by Jesus Christ. God has decided for you. He wants you. He created you, and by the cross, he has redeemed you. Now, that redemption is not, so to speak, realized and, and, and activated, of course, without faith, but even faith itself is a gift that the Spirit works. That, that's part of that resurrection, from dead in trespasses and sins to alive in Christ, alive in faith. That, that's the work of the Spirit. Eric Andre is with us, Lutheran Student Fellowship in Pittsburgh and First Trinity Church as well in Oakland. So, Eric, all this to say, right, it is important, that's what you're talking about, that Christ comes into your life. But I, I love when the, uh, you send some talking points, you talk to us about a little homework, which is essential as well. Yeah, I, I, there's a, a couple things that came to my mind. There's a lot of great hymnody out there that, that stresses this, but one, one of them is, uh, you know, the, 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 the classic 19th century English hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. And so I would say to people, tomorrow morning or this evening when you decide to do your Bible reading and your family devotions, your individual personal devotions, read or sing this hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. I'll just read the first stanza. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No merit of my own I claim, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other, everything else, all other ground is sinking sand. 
Uh, I think that just summarizes it beautifully. Sure does. And then there's a novel that I've mentioned to you guys before, kind of a unique, what I would call church historical novel, called The Hammer of God by Bo Geertz. That's G-I-E-R-T-Z. Uh, the Hammer of God, it's set in three different generations of, uh, of Swedish pastors and a Swedish parish, and just, just beautifully illustrates a lot of what we've been talking about today. Thanks, Eric. This is um, this is a topic that can get divisive and can divide people of faith. Of course, that's not our intention. Um, but any no. any um, any closer, the closer we can get to the scriptures and to what's actually true, that's what we want to seek out. So we appreciate you wanting to be on that journey with us. And, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Kathy, because again, for those listeners out there who who are comfortable with the language that I've maybe critiqued a little bit today. I want to say again, that, and, and John, you pointed out this too, we're, we're certainly, I, I'm certainly not, none of us are uh, denigrating the fact that there is a response. We're not inanimate objects. Once God comes to us and claims us as his own, then of course we respond, and there are decisions and spiritual decisions that we make. Yes. But what I'm encouraging people to think about, I guess the last thing I would say is focus on Jesus alone. Mm-hmm. Focus on him and his thoughts about you, his decision, his work, his person, what he does and what he gives through word and sacrament. Focus on the direction from him to you primarily, and then the response, well, that would just come naturally. You don't even have to, in a way, you, you hardly even have to think about that too much. The response that you love him, of course you'll love him. And the response that you'll want to serve him by serving your neighbor, that will happen too. And the response that you will decide to go to church and read your Bible that will happen too. And when you struggle with those things, then you turn to trusted Christian friends and pastors and, and seek exhortation and, and encouragement. Very nice. And to be that new creation in Christ. Pastor Eric Andre, Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh and First Trinity Church. You can find Eric Lutheran Student Fellowship online, lsfpgh.com. We've been very honored to win the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Business Ethics three times, which is great. Energy Swing Windows, Steve Rennekamp. But we were recently recognized with an award that was totally unsolicited. It's called the Best of the Best Award. Uh, This is an award you don't apply for. And the organization that does this selects companies that have great reputations in the marketplace. They look at your online reviews. They look at your website. They look at Better Business Bureau reports. They look at a whole variety of things and they determine if you fit the criteria of being the best of the best and fortunately uh, they thought we did there's a very short video on the front page of our website that talks about this award and the way we do business and why we received it energy swing best of the best right now word fm listeners get five percent off over and above any current offers on windows and doors and twelve hundred dollars off any basement finishing project visit energyswingwindows.com graduation is an exciting time in life but it can also leave you feeling a little uncertain about what's next if only your high school diploma came with a career game plan the good news is express employment professionals is here to help if you're looking for immediate work sign up for the express jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000. It's the little things, like a mini golf hole-in-one. Go, go, yes! 
or scoring savings all weekend at the Peebles One Big Sale. Start with 50% off almost everything with your coupon this Friday through Sunday. Then get mega doorbusters like 60% off Carters and Kids sets. It's also buy one get two free on clearance and 25% off select Nike. And most stores have extended hours all weekend. Fresh styles, big savings, and fun perks every day. Peebles. Little things mean everything. Peebles is part of our Sage family. Offer exclusions apply. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Right now. There are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Mostly cloudy tonight into tomorrow with a couple of showers around and in some spots a thunderstorm. The low tonight 65, high tomorrow 77, tomorrow night cloudy and damp occasional rain along with a thunderstorm low 65 staying unsettled for friday with limited sun and a few more showers around high friday 79 degrees i'm AccuWeather meteorologist danielle niddle on 101.5 word fm hey welcome back pretty snappy of us isn't it you're just snap as long as he's at least he's not scatting <laughs> wait huh? He's been in a great mood all day today. I was scatting. Yeah, he, the it. other day, John was scatting. It. I'll, I be, honest, I'll been be honest lifted. with you. It was not good. I'm feeling a little lighter. Hey, according to MLB.com, it looks like a newly acquired right-handed pitcher, Chris Archer, is going to make his Pirates debut Friday night. Yeah, baby. Oh, PNC Park. Oh. How he about that? He showed up today wearing an AB jersey. I mean, he hasn't what? done one thing wrong. Did you see his tweet this morning wanting to know about the coffee shops? <laughs> I sure did, because he likes to hang out and read. Oh, my gosh. And Very have a quiet nice. place. Excellent. Gosh, Very I like him good. already. Me too. Um, okay. Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. uh, is concerned about the cleanliness, John, of your smartphone. Ooh, well, uh, Are you concerned about the cleanliness of your smartphone? Well, I, I am actually concerned about the uh, cleanliness. Of, and okay. I, I, and I, on a fairly regular basis, mm-hmm. I wipe it down. What do you wipe it down with? A Clorox wipe. A Clorox wipe? Yeah. Mike, do you clean yours? Oh, yes. Daily. Um, oh, daily? do you? Yeah, daily. It's, disgusting. it's like... It's a little fussy. Didn't they do a test like on how many how much germs it, it can be on a phone? Oh, I'm there sure. Can be on a phone. It's filthy. It's, it's disgusting. Because like, your hands... I mean, how many times of a day a day do you wash your hands? What do you think? Oh, uh, I, I try to wash not- my hands as often as I possibly can. I mean, I'm not crazy about it, but every time before I eat, for sure, I always wash my hands. Before I eat well, anything, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I'm pro that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm because, serious. Yeah, yeah, no, because you, because yeah. your body language get a little tight. Yeah. Well, because I can't stay. Like every, like if someone is going to eat something in the in my office, I'm always like, you know what? Wait, before you do that, can I just go wash my hands? Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think I've been kicked out of your office once or twice because I refuse <laughs> to wash my hands. All right, no, no but I regularly, yeah. Well, but I got to be honest. Once I get to work, other than I having lunch and wash my hands, then I don't wash my hands. But of course, you got to know that the, the radio station has to be oh, filthy. Has to be a because our, our mess. hands are on these dials all right, day long, right. and we're our, our mouths are like you know millimeters from these microphones. Yeah. Right. I mean, disgusting. 
disgusting. If you're a germaphobe, radio is not the business no. for you. Especially because you can breathe in and around all these things in completely enclosed soundproof rooms. Right. Right? So there's like hardly any air. Right. It's probably very bad. They should wrap everything in plastic. They should in wrap radio everything station. Okay, but listen. So this article is talking about ways that we can sanitize our smartphones that I I bet what? you've never heard of. No. Okay. There's no Clorox there's wipe whole, on there? There's a whole stable of sanitizing devices. Oh, please. Listen, what Here we are go. You? Oh, listen. There's you just devices? said it was the you said it was the dirtiest thing in the whole world. Now I'm trying to tell you how to clean it. But now I got to buy something extra. Just, can you just be quiet for a minute? Pipe down, she says. Let me speak this. Right. Okay. Speak a speech, I pray you. Now listen. The idea is to safely blast your smartphone with UVC, which stands for ultraviolet. What does C stand for? Light rays, which penetrate cell bacteria and effectively kill 99.9% of the germs on that device. Well, how am I going to do that? You're going to buy something called Mm -hmm. the Verilux Clean Wave Portable Sanitizing Wand. No. I'm not buying that. Yeah, Mike, don't Uh, say no because you might. Nope. It can be waved back and forth over any gizmo of questionable hygiene. Winko, winko. That's what it says, including keyboards, remote controls, kids' toys, and phones. Mm. It only costs... $99. Okay, that's uh, at the bottom of the list. Okay, coming up next, this is a little less. Mm -hmm. You might consider this the phone soap, a chic little tanning bed that fits even the hulking large phones like you and I have. Mm. It provides a hands-free option for sanitizing your cell phone. Um, It's like a little box, like a little tanning bed kind Mm. of thing. And you can also toss in your keys, your credit cards, or or whatever fits in there. That's only $60. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that could be good. Listen, inside the phone soap, there are little blue bulbs under glass and a reflective surface that helps bathe your phone in cleansing light. That sounds Listen, ridiculous. Why are you so easy? No, no. How about a Clorox? No, no, it's no, a Clorox I'm, wipe. No, yeah, that's no, what I'm talking about. What's no. it cost? Like three cents? Listen, I'm trying to listen Clorox to you and read wipe. at the same time. You're, easy, you're easily put aside. Now, listen, pay attention. If you leave it mm. sanitized in this little thing for 10 minutes, your phone will not suffer mm. at all in any way. Even a dual charging portal lets you power up multiple devices at once. You can do it at the same time. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Seriously, that's the worst. Why? 69 bucks for that, 99 bucks for the other thing. I'm going to spend three cents or less on a Clorox wipe, and I'm sure that I'll kill 99.9% of the germs. Why are you sure? Because of all that study you've done on it. <laughs> because I'm a pro. Because it's bleach. It's a bleach rag on your phone. And it says on the phone. And and all those bacteriological studies you've done prove that you're 100% good with your Clorox wipe? Well, I think I'm pretty close. I I don't... I am. Why do you think that? I just know it. I feel good about it. (laughs) Yeah, you feel good about it. I do. Yeah, okay. That's all I need. Anyway, they said the main problem that people... Have. Is that that people have No, no. Is that they try to spray their phone with Windex. Who would do that? Well, clearly a lot of people are. This is the Wall Spray Street Journal, and they're talking about it's a, well, it's Windex a big has problem. no sort of germ-killing That's properties. That's what they're saying. They said it can't reach into tiny seams and crevices and does not have germ-killing capability. Tiny seams and crevices. Couldn't do that. Listen, I think that if you guys are – now, i got to be honest with you. You never clean your phone? Rarely. I oh. Just, it's, I'm sure it's horrible, and I'm sure I, I'm sure it's a very bad choice on my part, but I very rarely do it. Don't we have a Clorox, a Clorox wipe in the studio here? Mm-hmm. I oh, wish yeah. we did. Think, do we? I think we do. Yeah. Are here. you guys both using Clorox wipes all the time and you don't tell me? Yeah. Well, not telling you. It's not like we're hiding anything. We're just clean. That's all. That's all. Now, what's that supposed to mean? We're just clean. We're, you know, nice and tidy. New mic and Phone I. soap. 60 bucks. 60 bucks. And 99 bucks for the wand. All Get of a sudden, out of here. All of a sudden, I like it.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, so I'm not saying I'm the, getting it, but I like it. Here's the deal. If I would buy you a Christmas present, which I never do, that'd be the gift I'd get you. Okay, there are no okay. Clorox wipes. I'm yeah. looking in here. I don't see one Clorox wipe in the studio. All right, you guys are making that up. How about Mr. Clean? We need some of those as well. What are you going to do with Mr. Clean? Scrub you your floors. Are going to put some paper towels in here? No, scrub your floors, clean your phone. We're not, we're not using Mr. Clean in the studio. Pine-scented Lysol. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. Different people have different kinds of fear. There are some people who are afraid of failure. There are others who are afraid of success. There are people who are afraid of the past. There are some who are afraid of the future. Whatever your fear is, I want to tell you, it is not of God. It is strictly from the enemy of your soul. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. On August 10th, get ready for a comedy that's off the leash. Do you think I'm ridiculous throwing a party for my dog? I would say that bouncy house is over the top. Four lonely strangers will discover that man's best friend... No offense, but is your dog pregnant or just super fat? ...are the best matchmakers. Dogs open their hearts to love and to be loved. This dog has made us a family. Dog Days, in theaters August 10th. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online at Idlewild.com. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment. Just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value. Yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Call to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. Our next guest, April Lawson, is with us. 
April works for David Brooks and Ross Dudat at the New York Times. She provides research, editing, substantive framing to biweekly columns on topics ranging from American moral narratives to campus policy. April's own research focuses on morality, feminism, and America's current fragmentation in political and culture. And uh, April, you found the, the right place to be with those conversations. Thanks for coming along. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear you. Yeah. April, we talked yeah. to you about all sorts of things, uh, you know, life on college campuses and the role of academia in America. But today we're talking to you about something that is way more personal um, and probably mm-hmm. affects way more people. Um, you've mm-hmm. spent seven years volunteering at a rape crisis hotline. Can you tell us about it? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually... Um, uh, one of probably been the most meaningful part of my life for the last uh, seven years. It's just, you know, um, once a week uh, we I, I have a shift and I uh, talk to anybody who wants to call in for um, a few hours. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's really it's you know there's something about direct directly talking to people who have experienced something like that that just changes your perspective on a lot of things. Right. So, April, uh, so roll back. To, so a, it's a rape crisis hotline. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about talk about how it's advertised and, you know, the people who find you, uh, that, that thread. Sure. It's, um, uh, well, it's um, searchable on the Internet, okay. uh, and it's, um, I don't actually know how most people find it. People find sexual violence hotlines and, and resources in all sorts of ways. I it see, can be okay. um, anything. You know, there are even things where if it's a if it's a kid and something is happening to them, maybe they get it, the info from their babysitter, or it can be in school, or it can be on Google. It's you know, a lot of different ways. Yeah, um, so yeah. people and, call and in. All sorts of people call in. Yeah, it's one of the things that people don't understand about sexual violence is just that it how broad the array of people who experience it is. Um, people have this idea just because of the way it's covered in the news that it's, you know, or I think when people think of a, a survivor, they tend to think of um, someone uh, f- someone female, certainly, someone young, uh, probably somebody on a college campus. And, and when, in fact, you know, the um, uh, people who experience this are fr- from literally every uh, you know, size and shape and walk of life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, that includes people who are, uh, quite elderly, um, people who are under the age of 10, like it's, it's everybody. I see. So what, what was the training like to be sort of commissioned to be a counselor? What, what were they looking for? Mm, Um, the, well, so every, every hotline does this differently, but it's, it's pretty intensive training. Um, uh, so ours was 60 hours, um, oh. and it's, uh, you know, everything from, um, because of course, like this is, this is something that you want to, it's a hard enough thing to do that you want to support people, um, and give them the resources that they actually need to offer crisis intervention support. And, and to be clear, you know, we're not, we're not therapists. So there's, it's, there are a lot of things that are above our pay grade too, but just, um, understanding, uh, of what you can offer someone, understanding what a moment of crisis tends to look like. For example, um, a thing that a lot of uh, people don't don't necessarily know is that um, uh, a crisis that you know can involve something like suicidal thoughts or or intent usually only lasts lasts um, around six hours at, at most. And so, if you can help someone get through that period, um, it will usually come back to a an emotional and, and mental place where 
they are in less danger. Um, so just understanding sort of, um, you know, what to say and how to, um, a lot of it is about listening, right? A lot of people, like the, the number one thing that um, people are often looking for is um, uh, just somebody on the other end of the line. Um, and the the basic messages that the people need to hear are also pretty simple. They, they tend to be um, things like, you know, this is not your fault. Um, you're not alone and, you know, you're not crazy. You're probably experiencing some pretty strong things, but that's normal. So, so it's, it's both like complex and basic at the same time. I see. What would we be surprised to learn about sexual assault in America? Just based mm. on, based on your experience. Sure. A lot of things. I mean, um, one thing is just that there are a, a whole variety of reactions, um, so, oh, I mean, actually, I should probably start with the fact that uh, it's just a lot more prevalent than people realize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's very hard to gather data on it, but uh, and and there are a lot of different studies. And um, the thing about the studies is that you have to be careful. Um, the way people ask the question matters a lot. So, for example, uh, one major study um, asks people if they've been the victim of a crime, but a lot of people who have experienced sexual violence wouldn't just wouldn't use that word. And so they say no, but if you ask them, have you experienced, uh, you know, this specific thing or this specific thing, they'll say yes. And so to my my best understanding is that it's between uh, one in three and one in four women in America and what? around one in six what? men. Wait, 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 wait. Really high. Whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Between one in three and one in four women in America? Let me, so I want to be precise, um, have experienced some kind of sexual violence. So that's, wow. that doesn't mean that in every case it's, you know, the worst thing you could think of. Right, um, right. Sometimes it's exposure, some, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the whole range. Um, wow. The other thing, yeah, so it's, it's really high. And that's, um, it's just, it's amazing how um, that's a hard thing for people to absorb. And I, you know, I understand why, but it's, I think if people understood that, it would um, uh, have some impact on how we think about it. Um, wow. So, so um, yeah. why do you do it? Why do you... Why put, do I volunteer? Yeah, why do you put yourself in a situation where you are, you know, confronted with things that are really hard like that and, and that don't have easy answers? Oh, I mean... Um, well, like I said, I, I have found it incredibly meaningful. Um I first got involved because something happened. I mean, almost always this is personal, right? So something happened to a friend of mine, and I just um, I was looking for a way to uh, respond that I felt would actually be like deep and really um, involve being there for people. And I think that you know I was quite nervous. <laughs> Everybody, you know, whenever there's a new class of volunteers, they're all just like shaking in their boots um, to get when they start, but. Um, it actually, it really, um, uh, you know, the the kind of um, the ability to like help somebody when when they're in that kind of moment um, is is just feels feels like it matters in a way that um, most of the stuff that most of us do in regular life doesn't. Uh, so that's that's why. April Lawson is with us. We're talking about her seven years as a volunteer uh, at a rape counseling center. So, so April, what about the that us, you know, just like regular people, you know, that mm-hmm. that um, that figure you gave is is shocking. And I got to be honest, mm-hmm. it's not something that I think about or talk about right. 
in, in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form uh, on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. What about the tools yeah. of that? What about the what? The, the tools of that. You know, that we don't yeah. think about it, we don't talk about it. So when it comes up, I kind of mm-hmm. go, uh, this is kind of, you know, <laughs> a little a little much for me. You know, it's a little overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, right. So I think that, that so one of the best, um, th- there are two things I would say about why this happens. The first is that um, the it's an unusual uh, crime or tragedy in that everybody in the circumstance has a reason to stay silent about it. And so if you think about a, a normal crime, like a murder or a mugging or something, right, like everybody has, well, a, a, a reason to stay silent except the victim. Mm-hmm. But in this case, people, our society just doesn't react very well when people uh, disclose about this. And so um, most people who experience this would rather just like, or at least often would rather move on with life. They would rather find some way to deal with it. Um, and then the other, the other fact is that um, I read a really, one of the best books on trauma for anybody who's interested is called Trauma and Recovery by Judith Herman. It's a classic. It was written, I think in the seventies, but it's um, the, it, it, what it says is that um, the brain reacts to trauma differently from everything else because it's it's a level of it's it's atrocity. It's something that you actually can't literally your brain encodes it differently, um, and it's an experience you just can't handle in the same way. And so um, there are sort of two parts of the brain. One part wants to you know understand what happened and speak about it and think about it and talk about it and and share it, and then the other part wants to uh, suppress it and pretend it never happened and forget. And I sort of think that that actually is a pretty good, that, that is almost sort of what our society does. There's one, one you know, part of us that wants to, like, look at this and try to grapple with it and understand. And there's another part that just, it's atrocity, right? Like, it's, it's very hard to handle. And so um, what I think we need is to give people, the uh, everybody, the emotional tools to interact with this subject. Um, and that, uh, you know, starts with having conversations. And so I'm really glad that you guys were, were up for talking about this because I think it's, it's uh, again, just many more people have experienced this than, yeah. than we realize. And, um, and by the way, when I say we have to give people the tools, I don't just mean survivors. I also mean um, like that's people who somebody tells you something happened to them, right? right like, right. yeah. Um, I mean, a couple weeks ago, Kath and I, we saw this, um, the 10 top internet companies, you know, based Mm -hmm. upon, you know, volume and and money that they earn. And Mm -hmm. of those top 10, I believe at least three out of three out of the 10 were pornography Mm -hmm. sites. Mm -hmm. And and that sort of changed the way that I look like I'll walk into a room now Mm -hmm. with people and I think. There's a number of people here today that have been actively, you know, we're, we're engaged mm-hmm. in society now where we are steeped in the morass of pornography. Yep. And mm-hmm. what does that mm-hmm. do to us as we look and interact with each other on a daily basis? How has that changed the nature of who we are? Mm-hmm. And this sexual violence mm-hmm. conversation in some ways goes hand in hand because we've rewired ourselves, our brains, mm-hmm. for this explosion of mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it, but it's not right and good. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, yeah. It, good. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like we've fallen yeah. off a cliff here, and this conversation, in some ways, is a an, you know an amendment to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a very tough. Pornography is a really complicated thing. What I what I can say is that, and so just like looking at studies, um, 
one of the things that's uh, sort of interesting and, and really supports your point there is just that um, the the things that people report experiencing often mirror what happens in pornography. So, yes, um, and, and so there's been, you know, a rise in certain kinds of, um, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I, I can go into detail or not, but certain kinds of acts, mm-hmm. um, because they are really prevalent in pornography. And if you, uh, you know, especially I think for a lot of young men, if that's their first interaction with sexuality, then that's what they think is supposed to happen. That's, that's normal. What they think is fine. Yeah. Like, right. Um, and so, there, but there is like a demonstrated shaping effect. Right. So, in some ways, what we're doing is we're you know sort of recre- we're creating a, a generation of sexual monsters in some ways. Right? The, the, the people think <laughs> this is right and good, and, and quite honestly, it's far from the norm. So, you know, in an act of love and intimacy, it's not mm-hmm. intended as its recipient. I mean, it's just really so, so really twisted. April, I'm sorry, we got we got to leave, yeah. but our conversation sort of leaves you in a weird spot. Thanks for sharing what you do. I mean, this is so mm-hmm. different than what we normally talk to you about, and, and we appreciate yeah, you we really kind do. of uh, being willing to go in a different Great, direction. Yeah. Worthwhile the conversation. April Lawson's been with us. Um, information about April, we have on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Take a quick break, come back and reset. Uh, Dean Weaver joins us during the 5 o'clock hour from Memorial Park. Stick around. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 705 That's 800-705-3030. 800-705-3030. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it? dry it and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Today is World Wide Web Day, John. What does that mean? Uh, apparently, this is the day we're supposed to celebrate the work of Tim Berners-Lee, an English engineer and computer scientist who invented the World Wide Web in 1989. That's false. He did not. Al Gore did. Everybody right. knows that. But that's the Internet. It's not the World Wide Web. 
Also there, of course. I don't yeah, really know what yeah, the difference is. Yeah. Originally, the internet served to interconnect li- uh, laboratories engaged in government research. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, I mean, Al Gore, I mean, did Al Gore actually say he invented the internet? <laughs> well, uh, Al Gore, okay, so I, I uh, let me see here. Um, the, uh, Snopes, you know, Snopes.com, I, I the, know uh, well. the internet fact checker. They says that, yeah. that the claim is false, that Al Gore said he did not uh, invent the internet. Now, here's what, here's what Al Gore said. This was um, during a talk show that Al, he was on there with Wolf Blitzer in uh, March of 1999. And so they're talking about, you know, Al Gore's work as he runs for political office. And Al says this, during my service in the United States Congress, I took the initiative in creating the internet. I took the initiative in moving forward a whole range of initiatives that have power to be important to our country's economic growth and environmental protection, okay, that sounds, improvements in our educational system. Okay, that sounds like – Did read that first sentence again. During my service in the United States Congress, I took the initiative in creating the Internet. Well, then how is this a misunderstanding? He, he says, I took the initiative in creating the Internet. He took the initiative. I also took the initiative in moving forward a whole range of initiatives that have power. What he's saying is that he took the initiative. He created the internet. That's what he's saying, right? Pretty much. But th- Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump is stepping up his criticism of special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. In a string of tweets, the president intensified his criticism of the Russia probe, calling for Attorney General Jeff Sessions to put an end to what he calls a rigged witch hunt. He writes that the investigation should be stopped before it continues to stain our country any further. The president also tries to distance himself from Paul Manafort, his ex-campaign chairman who's now on trial, saying he worked for me for a very short time. Greg Clugston, the White House. Later in the day, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders says those criticisms by the president are not obstruction. It's simply Mr. Trump fighting back. She also said tweets are not an order. It's the president's opinion. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 81 points, but the Nasdaq rose 35. This is SRN News. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. 
Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Hey, honey. Hi. Sitting in the garage again, huh? Yeah. All alone? Yeah. On our son's bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. And when you ride with us for four straight years without an accident, we won't catch your first one against you, no matter how much it costs. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Accident forgiveness not available in all states. The Express Employment Professionals Team sends a big congratulations to all parents of 2018 graduates. Whether your graduate has a clear vision for the future or is feeling a little uncertain about what's next, the Express Pros are here to help. Their Express Jobs app helps to make applying for jobs easier for those who want to get right to work. And for those who want to continue learning and building skills, their Express Learn program offers 18 CTC courses at no charge. Learn more at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000. Mostly cloudy tonight into tomorrow with a couple of showers around and in some spots a thunderstorm below tonight 65. High tomorrow 77, tomorrow night cloudy and damp with occasional rain along with a thunderstorm. Low 65, staying unsettled for Friday with limited sun and a few more showers around. High Friday 79 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Is it raining out there yet? It's not raining out there. It looks um, slightly cloudy. Partly cloudy and mild, mm-hmm. Joe DiNardo used to say. Exactly. Partly cloudy. Um, a big day in history. Today. I mean, you might not think it was a big day. But when I looked at it, I thought, wow, that is really interesting. So this was a, birthday? No, Mike, is it your birthday? Is it? No. It's coming up, though. Mike's birthday is in September, right? That's right. That's right. Thank you. Very nice, Kat. Thank you. Thank you. I knew the month, but not the day. Give me the day. The 15th. September 15th. Oh, it's going to be a blowout celebration here on the right home. It is going to be unbelievable. Okay. But it's August 1st, um, and on this day in history, MTV made its debut at 12.01 a.m. Oh, I know why that was. Why? 8.181. Right? 1981. It was August 1st, 8181. Interesting. I never knew that. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I did not know that. Okay. So uh, you know what year it was because John's perfect at this oh, game sorry. that we play all the time. <laughs> back. Um, I'm not. I'm far from but it. But I thought it would be illustrative to find out that. So they, there's a list of 100 songs that they played. They're like the first 100 things that aired on MTV over the first couple days. Yeah. And. Um, Mike and I have selected the top 10 of these. Might be illustrative to see the very first 10 videos that were aired on MTV. Really? Mm-hmm. To hear them? To hear them. Just a little clip. Okay. 
CFA will take us back. So is this the first? So not and even I, I want to ask you, I want to ask both of you, if you recognize, like if you can think in your head of any of these videos. Okay, so the very, so you're going to play right now the very first video ever played on no, TV. No, these are the top 10. Oh, well, the top 10 what? The top 10, the first 10 songs that were played on MTV. So right now is the first one that, ever, that, ever, yeah, that exactly. ever played. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to go to number clear, one? So we're going to go to number 10. Should we go to number 10 or should we go to number one? Let's no, go to no, number no, one. No, because we need to go in order. Yeah. All right. So it's 12.01. Okay, do you know what the song is? Yes. Well, how do you know that? I just know it. I've been alive a long time. I've never heard this song before in my life. What? what? You asked really? me and I told you and, and I know what it is. No, what is it? Video killed the radio what star. What the heck? Right? Why are you so good at this game? Who are the Buggles? Yeah. Do you know this, Mike? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, no, I don't know I this, love song. this song. What do you mean you love Video this song? Video killed the radio star. Great song. It's a horrible song, Mike. Come on. It sounds atrocious. Song. I, I'm you very impressed with both of you. I've never heard the song really? before. So it sets the tone, the theme for MTV. Yeah, okay. Right? That video, which is now we're watching music videos in nineteen. Please tell me this is the only hit this band had. I don't know who they yes. are. Okay. Okay. Give us number two. All right. Number two. This was the second song ever to play? Mm-hmm. This okay. is the first ten songs. 1981. Oh, wow. Oh, I love her. <laughs> who is she? Pat, Pat Benatar. Benatar. That's it. But I, I don't know the song. I don't know the song either. Never heard of it. What's it called? You better run. I don't know it. Pat Benatar. No, when I when you think of Pat Benatar, what do you think of? Hit me with the best shot. Exactly. That's right. But that was my, that was considerably later. She reminds me of Blondie. Yeah, she does kind of. Except that she was very dark haired and yeah. much more talented. <laughs> okay, the third song uh, MTV ran. Please. Now I wish I can sing like this guy. Okay. I know that. Who is it? Rod Stewart. Wow, I didn't know that either. Come on, you recognize that voice now. I mean, now that you told me. I've also never heard that song. Yeah. Uh, another voice. I don't if know you the want song. my body and you think I'm sexy is what I think that's of. That's exactly right, right. Through, which is an atrocious song. It surely is. I cannot tolerate remember, that song. Remember Rod Stewart went through a uh, sort of like a classic stage? Oh, that was, was horrible. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. He, he went back and did like standards. Right, exactly. He's, it's yeah. unbearable. And then he, tour, then he toured. Oh, he may still awful. be touring. It's awful, awful. There's awful. a lot of Rod Stewart fans out there. I'd love to go see him. Oh. What? Really? Yeah. Oh. He is gross. Did you ever see him on car- he is gross. <laughs> on carpool karaoke? No. He is the most arrogant oh, is musician. He, he has <laughs> awesome fun. hair. Oh, he is he has terrible. awesome hair. Okay, uh, number four. Television used to be called this is the, the intro. Wasteland. That was before music television, MTV. Oh, oh I, I know love that. This song. That's the Who. Yeah. Jay Slocum is standing. Let's hear this whole thing. Saluting his favorite band, even now. I don't like the Who. Oh, I do. Do you? Some Pete Townsend? I like him. This is driving music. Yeah, it's a fabulous song. Yeah, it's a great song. You better. I never liked the Who. I do. All right, next. That's uh, number five. 
What is that? Little Susie's on the F by PhD. I never I've heard never of this heard song. PhD. I've never heard of the band or the person. No, I've I'm, never heard of the song. No. Okay. Blame. Skip that. Blame. That's bad. Okay. Number six. This more who? Oh, English. <laughs> we don't talk anymore. That's a Cliff Richard. Yep. That is. Who was a huge star in the UK? Was he? Huge, enormous star in the UK. I, th- I kind of thought he was average, but if you talk to anybody from the UK, he's big, just gigantic. Big yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that well. That was oh, number six. Six. Okay, number seven. Oh. I, I was hated this song. I don't I like, like it. Do you. Do you, you don't like it either? No. The pretenders, right? Yep. Okay. All right, number eight. I never heard of this guy. Wait, I know. Daryl Hall. No, 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 no. It no, sounds no. like Zach. No, no, no. That's, uh, wait, I know that voice. That's Todd Rundgren. Uh-huh. Right? That's good. But I don't know the song. No. Okay, song number eight. Time Heals. These All are right, the first. It's, look, based upon this play, this airplay. Yeah. I'm not tuning back into MTV. No, me neither. No, number nine. Mm-hmm. I love this song. <gasps> Mario Speedwagon. Oh, yeah. That's a great album. Oh, yeah. That was the first band t-shirt I ever had. Really? Aria Speedwagon. Aria Speedwagon. Oh, that's cool. You still have it? I'm sure I don't. It's the best part. Oh, you thought it was the second time through, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, the 10th song. Okay, the number. Okay, give us number 10. All right. Sorry, I just want to. I just love that song. <laughs> Mike wanted to listen to well, it for you a long time. You to that on your own time, Mike. <laughs> Tonight's the night we'll make it. Oh, this is sticks. Oh, that's sticks. Ugh, I don't like Honey, sticks. Gonna, how do you not like I'm sticks? Not. Come on. And I'll take any risk to tie back the hands of time. 1981. Sticks. Sticks is a terrible band, and I love them. Yeah, I love it. They I do suck not me like in. them. Really? Well, here, here's what. I, where is Michael Jackson? Where is the Cars? This is '81. Where are the Pretenders? This is '81. This is before anybody watched MTV. I mean, when I think of MTV, I think of like 1986. No, no I don't. Really? So I remember when MTV came on the air. Really? It was okay. a huge cultural phenomenon. Right. I don't remember that. I mean, people had their TV sets tuned in remember, to the station. I remember Friday night videos. Before I remember that. Sure. I remember MTV. NBC. Right. So when I think of like, did, could you think of any of those videos? No, not a, Mike. Not a could you think one. of any of those videos? Absolutely not. Me neither. None. Absolutely yeah. not. When you think the first video you remember seeing, Mike, can you think of the very first one? <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be quality. Oh, it was Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> oh my gosh! Where was your mother? Turn that TV set off. Listen, That's awesome. My mother. <laughs> she was working. Oh. oh, oh. And I was at home, and my uh-huh. brother came home, and he was in a rap, mm-hmm. and he turned MTV on channel forty. Uh-huh. I remember. Good, and he turned it right on. That's like, great. what is this? Yeah, no, sorry. So listen, MTV the is heck? not really in the business anymore of airing music videos. No, they're in the business of stupid reality shows. Yeah. Okay, the first video terrible. you remember seeing, John? I have no idea. Really? I, honest to goodness, okay. I really. Don't. I remember seeing. <laughs> Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, that was not a bad video. No, it was a horrible video. No, no, no. no you don't remember it. Trust me. Really? <laughs> it's very creepy in a sexual okay. way. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's, 
It's super creepy. <laughs> and I remember that. And then I remember um, Sting, the police with all the candles. Remember the can- every I'll breath you take? Ra- oh, or, wrapped it, it wrapped, around your finger. Was it wrapped around your finger? Maybe. Know, it was, all I remember is Sting singing with, all the, with all the candles around him. Could be. I don't remember what that was. And then I remember Billie Jean. Oh, uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Those are the first ones that, uh, that come to mind. Those memories have long evaded my mm-hmm. mind, now, so I'm thankful for that. The first the first music video I saw was Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. I watched like two minutes of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. But yeah. the one that I watched you? all the way through yeah. was Paul Simon, You Can Call Me Out. Oh. oh John I love that, that album. Oh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. Paul Simon. He's coming to Pittsburgh in September. Is he? His final, final tour. Paul Simon. This is a great song. I love it. Oh, Isn't it? Paul Simon's just fabulous. Okay, so look back at MTV. You know, we have a Pittsburgher who tours with Paul Simon. Oh, that's right. Jay Ashby. Jay Ashby. On, on percussion and Can trombone. you get tickets for the, uh, for <laughs> no. the show? Could you please? No, I've, I, Jay and I aren't like, oh, I thought you, like, I thought you, like buddies. you know, buddies. All right. Okay, we're moving forward. Uh, what are we talking about next? Yeah, well, I mean, I can't imagine it'd be anything like MTV, but actually next we're going to talk about um, the imprisonment of Andrew Brunson. Dan, Dean. Dean Weaver coming up next. Plus, we'll talk about grace and dogs and all sorts of things on today's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Ever lost a wallet, watch, or term paper? It can be frustrating, and depending on what you lose, even life-changing. Memory's always crucial, but it's especially needed where your salvation is concerned. See why this week, as John MacArthur looks at truths you can't afford to forget. Don't miss his study titled Remembering What Not to Forget on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. This is Mike Howard, General Sales Manager at Salem Media Pittsburgh. You've heard me recruit for salespeople for quite a while now, always looking for professionals who just have to be in the sales arena because they love the hunt for new business, have those antennas up, and just simply know how to get appointments. Well, I'm here to tell you that is still exactly what I am looking for, but not just to be in radio. Salem Media Pittsburgh truly is much more, so much so that all of our team's titles have changed to Integrated Marketing Strategist. What that means is we now incorporate everything regarding digital marketing into our daily services, from web design to social media and reputation management, plus all things digital marketing, including retargeting, Facebook, SEO and SEM, and much more. So if the sales skills I mentioned before apply to you, plus you have a knack or even experience in digital marketing sales, you definitely need to contact us. Would you do that, please? Log on to SalemMedia.com and click the Careers link and search Pittsburgh to apply. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it, dry it, and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows. Just call 1 800 961 9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. Call 1 800 961 9207 or visit mypillow.com. Use the promo code 
word. This is today's entertainment answer. What is our inspiring family DVD of the week? The Miracle Season, rated PG, available on DVD, digital HD, and iTunes July 31st. After they lose a beloved member of their high school volleyball team to a tragic event, a group of girls learns to come together with an all-new drive to win. You strong women got us here. I have never been prouder to be a coach. Helen Hunt stars in the new DVD, Miracle Season, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask Home Advisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, Home Advisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app. Home Advisor. We've asked you as our uh, radio listening family uh, to continue in prayer for Andrew Brunson, who is a, a pastor from the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, who has been imprisoned in Turkey uh, almost two years now. Uh, not someone who was traveling in Turkey, but someone who made Turkey his home for over 20 years and um, has been unfairly imprisoned and accused of being a part of a coup um, that took place in Turkey, um, has now become uh, a... Uh, a subject of conversation, let's put it that way, between Turkey and the United States. And um, so Dean Weaver's here with us. Dean Weaver's the senior pastor at Memorial Park Presbyterian Church. First off, Dean, welcome. We're happy you're here. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Always good to see you. Second of all, whenever you're here, uh, the very first question I seek to ask you, because you're an EP pastor, pastor yourself, if you can tell us anything you know about Andrew Brunson. Um, the last we heard last week is that because of health issues, he had been transferred from prison to house arrest, which we all took as a good sign. Mm -hmm. However, we knew nothing moving forward about his trial. Do you? What can you share with us? So, as you can well appreciate, there's always... Um, and I'm on the national leadership team of the denomination, so we have a lot of inside scoop on some of that stuff. So yeah. as you can well appreciate, there's a lot of chatter um, below the radar off screen, um, a lot of negotiations going on, um, both in the State Department, um, with the White House, with um, the EPC itself, with lots of the ACLJ. There's lots of different groups that come at this thing from a lot of different angles to try to affect change. And... Um, the bottom line is the move to house arrest is a positive thing. Obviously, he's able to be with his wife, Noreen. He's in his home. Uh, heavy security, so yes, he's safe. Um, people feel pretty good about the safety of that. And his next uh, uh, part of his trial starts, like I think it's October 18th. So he's in his home for the next several months. Um, he's able to get and receive care uh, and have the, the comfort of his own house and his wife. That's a big which step. Is, it's huge. It's a huge step. I mean, he was in a cell with any number of guys, right? Well, he had he had been in several different prisons, and he had been in a number of different situations um, as the negotiating between the United States and Turkey escalated, um, particularly when certain members of Congress decided to withhold the F-18 mm -hmm. fighters uh, from Turkey. Um, that got the attention, torqued things up a little bit. And what happened was Andrew was moved out of the more dangerous prison into actually a, a maximum security where he was put in solitary confinement. And you would think that's a bad thing, but actually they did that, I think, Safety. to say, to protect him because there was a fear that what happens if we, I think, lose our, our bargaining chip, sure. uh, if you will. So, um, But 
being in his own home and being with his wife uh, is a huge step in the right direction, but it's not the complete step. I see. Um, and so if you would have followed after he was moved to house arrest, uh, the White House came out uh, with a pretty sharp denunciation of the fact that this wasn't enough and that he needed to be released. And, of course, Turkey has come back and chastised the president. for play us. Uh, yeah, so all of this kind of public bickering. Uh, behind the scenes, there have been some negotiations that um, part of the reason why the president reacted the way he did is that the below the scenes, behind the scenes negotiations, um, the house arrest didn't honor uh, what we believe was being negotiated behind the scenes. It wasn't. It wasn't as far as what we had expected. So um, I think. These times call for subtle diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more of that is below the radar than above the radar. Yes. Um, uh, we're still hopeful that um, uh, this would move towards allowing Andrew to come back to the States. Um, but, um, you know, President Erdogan of, of Turkey is, is in a position where I think he uh, it, it's not good for him to look as if right. he's being he wants to save face. bullied by the United States at the same time. Um, the uh, Turkish uh, currency is falling dramatically. Uh, when it's interesting, on the day in which Andrew was released to house arrest, the currency actually stabilized and bounced back slightly uh, for a very brief period of time. And then, of course, we announced the potential of sanctions if uh, this were not to go further, and the currency has continued to drop again. So, the the there is a an act before Congress. Uh, it's a it's a bipartisan commission. Um, I'll look up the name of it while we're sitting here. I didn't bring it in with me, but it's basically a um, an act of Congress to put the thumb screws financially through sanctions to Turkey uh, to ask them to come fully compliant with releasing uh, both Pastor Brunson and other uh, hostages that are be held in, in Turkey for political or religious reasons. So, Dean, talk about this. I mean, this is fairly common. There are, there are all over this world, I'm sure, thousands of men and women who are pastors who go into foreign countries to deliver the gospel, and then they are supported by local churches or denominations. Andrew Brunson had done this successfully for over two decades. He was a part of the EPC, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And then he was swept up in some sort of, what, detente or uh, charges of espionage. Right. So let let me try to pull it into our context so we can appropriate it. Imagine um, that Pastor Dean Weaver Memorial Park Church, uh, over the course of the years, um, uh, had upset several people from his congregation, and those people left that congregation, and they were mad at him. I know that's hard for you guys to, it is, to, I to imagine. Just, I mean, that. it's obviously but, uh, I'm a, a you to crazy with, scenario. I'm asking you to go with me in theory. <laughs> with type, yeah, okay, I'm with just, you. Just theory. Um, and now let's imagine that um, uh, there was a, an attempted coup against the U.S. government, and Let's further imagine that it appears that that attempted coup was maybe even staged by the existing government so that the current government could gain greater power, emergency powers, if you will, until the moment of the coup passes. And at some point in time, the government uh, has to be able to point the fingers to somebody who's responsible for the uprising. And um, someone who has left my church who's upset with me over something goes to a local official and says, hey, um, this guy, uh, he's he's responsible. And then that skips up the chain enough that somebody in our government says, oh, it's Dean Weaver in Pittsburgh that that is behind this. Let's bring him in. 
And it starts with a local grievance uh, that is nothing to do with politics, uh, more to do with religion. Um, and it, and now we have an, a convenient scapegoat for what's behind the coup. And it throws the light, uh, the eye of Sauron, if you will, it throws the light off of Mm -hmm. Uh, where the coup actually kind of generated from and finds a convenient um, person to blame politically that um, creates a certain type of leverage. So, for example, the U.S. has a Muslim cleric um, who has been openly critical of the Turkish um, uh, president, um, and this president in Turkey would love to have him back. Who lives right here in Pennsylvania. He lives here in Pennsylvania, and he... He certainly has been openly critical of President Erdogan. There's no question about that. But there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that he was behind this coup that happened 24 months ago. In fact, all the evidence suggests that Erdogan's people themselves were the ones who manufactured right, to gain the emergency powers uh, that I mentioned earlier. So, uh, but now you've got political leverage, right? Um, you give us uh, our guy, and we'll give you your guy. We'll make a trade, right? Your pastor for our cleric. And if the president is able to bring this cleric home and he can pin the the, uh, the coup on him and sacrifice him as a political uh, sacrifice, then it ensconces his power all the more. So, so and, and then the second part of it is, is with a rising uh, Christian minority in Turkey, the idea that you could potentially um, instill fear in that Christian minority is a is a twofer. It's a it's it's a bonus because now hopefully what you do is you 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 keep that group, which you know they're afraid is going to align itself with the Kurds or align itself with other uh, non-Muslim uh, groups inside of Turkey. It it hopefully keeps that group under wraps. And the interesting thing is it's actually having the opposite effect. It appears that the Christian church inside of Turkey is getting stronger and is actually responding in ways that, you know, whenever someone tries to hold someone down mm-hmm. by oppression, they start to fight. usually right. the opposite actually occurs. Right. And that seems to be what we're seeing in Turkey right now. What a strange and twisted tale. All right. We need to take a break in a minute, Gideen. But before we um, go away, I want to ask you why the diplomatic uh, channels have opened up so much. I mean, he's been in prison. It's not like this is a new thing. He's been in prison almost two years. So why now? Okay. Uh, that's now, or that's no, that's that. now. Oh, that's now. Well, um, that is a that involves multiple nations um, because uh, it's not just a U.S. Turkey thing. It's not just a NATO thing. There are other powers in the region that have a stake in what's going on, and so frequently, what happens is it's a combination of all of those things coming to coalesce. Mm-hmm. I do think there was a tremendous amount of public pressure that was being placed. I do think a significant factor is our Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is actually uh, ordained deacon in the EPC Church. Like, he is actually EPC. So, I did not know that. So getting this to his attention has been oh, that's wonderful. Uh, a little easier uh, than it would have been otherwise. We were able to gain access to the State Department, for example, that we didn't have previous, previous to that. So that certainly helps. No doubt. Um, there are, but there are a, a variety of factors that all coalesce uh, to bring that to pass, some of which are obvious and can be heard on the news and some of which are not. Yes. So great. That's an update about uh, Pastor Andrew Brunson in Turkey. Thanks a lot, Dean. Hey, we'll, we'll step away for just a minute. Uh, when we come back, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about the state of grace. What is it? How does it work? Does it matter? Dean Weaver stays with us. Hope that you do as well. Be right back. 
Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Fire your stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Scott Bauer, and I've been a professional trader for over 25 years. I've traded for Goldman Sachs and was the first Amazon market maker at the Chicago Board Options Exchange. I'm also the CEO here at Prosper Trading Academy, the leading educational firm teaching people how to trade the markets. For a limited time, I'm giving away one of my favorite secret trading techniques used by thousands of our students every day to help build their financial future. To learn this technique right now, call my 24-7 voicemail and just leave your email address. I'll email you my free trading technique right away. Just call one 800 228-2155. This is the very information my students use every day to invest in their financial future. Again, call 1-800-228-2155 in the next 30 minutes and leave your email address on my voicemail. That's 1-800-228-2155. Call 1-800-228-2155. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards and they love me. I was using them as a source of income and then I got behind in my payments and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Call 1-800-936-5496. When you're a kid... Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, save up to $10 when you buy tickets at Giant Eagle. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. you got to put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Mostly cloudy tonight into tomorrow with a couple of showers around and in some spots a thunderstorm. The low tonight, 65. High tomorrow, 77. Tomorrow night, cloudy and damp with occasional rain along with a thunderstorm. Low 65, staying unsettled for Friday with limited sun and a few more showers around. High Friday, 79 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Memorial Park Church. Dean Weaver's with us. Dean, Kath and I were talking a little earlier today about grace, and she told me this story about this friend of hers. Yeah, so I have this friend, Dean, who um, I've known her a long time, and she 
she comes from you know a family or an original family of a lot of brokenness of a, of uh, mental health issues of divorce of abandonment um sounds like a rough road yeah every sort of uh of dysfunction that you could imagine uh related to divorce and separation and uh you know, adding alcohol into the mix of mental illness and all those sorts of things. But um, now fast forward to her being an adult, um, struggling with several marriages that have failed. Um, Her resistance to the idea of grace existing in the world is always uh, surprising to me, only because of how I rely on that. In my own life, and how, and yeah, and how I recognize that if if it were not for grace, and if I didn't see grace in the world, if I didn't recognize the gift that that I've been given, then I don't know how I would keep. I don't know what I. I don't know how I would approach life. But this friend of mine is absolutely resistant. I mean, like straight arms the idea of grace that that stuff happens, and life is terrible, and that's all there is to it. And so don't even tell me that there's an olive branch out there because I'm not interested. I'm a realist. This is what it is. And that's the end of the story. Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, obviously she's in a very different place uh, than when you are or where I am and that uh, the pain that has been visited upon her uh, systemically over really generations that she's inherited puts her in a place where that seems like a fairy tale, right? Um, Grace. Yeah, because grace is when you receive something uh, that you don't deserve or that you haven't achieved or worked for. Freely given. One of the byproducts of someone who has been visited by such abuse is, first of all, uh, they feel they believe themselves to be, their view of themselves is such that they don't, they're not worthy or, 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 um, how could they possibly be the recipient of something like that? Because what they've been the recipient of is all the horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. That's real. Mm-hmm. The horrible stuff is real. The other stuff seems like a you know wishful thinking and a fairy tale. So if you know what you have received and you have gratitude from that, that's very different than being at a place where what you've received that you're conscious of, that you're aware of, that's present with you and has defined and shaped you is so horrific that you can't see the, any redemption in that. So um, your friend is the victim of what might be referred to, um, Brian Chapel in his book, Christ Center Preaching, calls it the fallen condition. Um, the result of all this stuff, and she is in that fallen condition, and she has fallen condition syndrome. She's in that place, hmm. right? Grace is the fact that the way we are delivered from that is already been done for us that god has done for us what we could not do for ourselves she can't see that she hasn't experienced that the hill is too deep or the hill is too steep and that and the hole is too deep for her to even conceive of the fact that that is possible what is real to her is the pain what is real to her is the is the hurt what is real to her is the abuse so the only way in which that grace can be um, understood by her is if it breaks in and she's able to experience that and pulls her out of the pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, out of the out of the, out of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. How would that even work if you're so resistant to it? 
Well, the, the beauty thing about grace is that grace is is um, yes, I suppose we can resist it to a sense, but it's also not dependent upon our mm-hmm. participation, participation, mm-hmm. or even cooperation necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of like um, you know. If I close my eyes and keep my eyes closed, I can insist to you that there are certain realities around me um, that may or may not be present. And you can bid me to open my eyes and ask me to open my eyes and see it. And if I open my eyes, I may choose to see that or I may choose not to see that, even if it's there right in front of me um, all along. And I think... Honestly, the only way in which she can see that is if the Holy Spirit gives her the grace to be able to see that. Otherwise, what she sees is the pain, the abuse, and all of that kind of stuff. And the best thing you can do in that place is you can't argue her into a place of grace. You can't convince her of a place of grace. Um, You can only be grace to her uh, as this, your friendship is unconditional, Your, your your place in her life is not based on whether or not she performs or or believes like you do or acts like you do or even accepts what you want her to accept, which you want her to do for her well-being, obviously. But but just simply being that grace to her um, and praying steadfastly that God would open the eyes of her heart mm-hmm. that she might be able to see that, that only he can deliver her uh, from all this horrible um, uh, things that have... Um, that have become her. John and I have been talking, sadly, way more than we wish, we, way more than we want to, about the uh, church, the church sex abuse scandals that have been at the forefront of the news over right. the last... Which are about to hit the city right. of Pittsburgh and the state of Pennsylvania because uh, the grand jury report will be released here probably any, any day. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, you know, from a Catholic perspective, that's gigantic. I, I had heard yesterday that there's uh, upwards of 100 priests in Allegheny County alone who will be somehow called out on this. 600, I think, across the state of Pennsylvania. But... It's not a Catholic problem exclusively. No, because not in we the have least. The, we have all the happened in the Southern Baptist Convention in the last twelve months. Um, we have we talked about the guy from Creation started Fest. years ago. We talked about the guy from Creation Fest who was just convicted of it's a human, child molestation. It's, it's a human right? fallen condition, and it's it. and it's a, it has affected many many denominations. We talked about the Sovereign Grace scandal, which was a reformed denomination um, in the uh, Mid Atlantic region, and. Uh, you know, we can talk about the perpetrators, uh, you know, but w- I'm thinking about grace, and I'm thinking about the untold tens of thousands of people who've been abused by those who said that they were representing God. And I wonder how it is that we can represent grace to those who have been victims. I mean, we can. There's a whole other question about what we do with perpetrators, but how how does grace look for those of us who are trying to reach out to those who've been hurt? You know, I'm not. I'm not sure. That's a comp- that's a great question, Kathy. I think. Um, I think when you approach a victim like that, with the initial um, conversation being, how can we uh, minister grace to them? I think it sounds like from the first pass that that we're offering um, a pass for the offenders. And that we want them to just get over it and move on, and we haven't acknowledged their pain, we haven't validated the suffering, and and that just feels so um, disconnected from their reality. I, I think we almost have to start the conversation differently. I, I think before we can explain the implications of God's grace, we probably need 
to, to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, and perhaps talk about justice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they would be great, more greatly comforted to hear us be outraged with them at the offense than too quickly turn mm-hmm. to um, – because grace overall is, um, is for the offender. Um, the person who has been the victim certainly experience, can experience grace as well. But the way that grace is applied to the victim is, I think, maybe different than the way mm-hmm. grace is applied to the offender. Um, when I think about the grace I've received, it's because I have had offense against God and neighbor, and God has forgiven me. Therefore, I live in response to that. I can't say, I, I can't say that right away to the person who's the victim. Not that that's not mm-hmm. true for them, but that's not where they are at that moment and it's dishonest for me to start at that place it's better for me to start at the place of saying you have been wronged i'm offended by that i will stand in solidarity with you i will seek justice with you and in that process they may experience the grace of god by my coming alongside of them and and expressing solidarity with them seeking justice with them god's justice is not distinct from his grace god's mercy is not distinct from his grace god's healing is not distinct from his grace but if we go right to grace as, well, we've got to forgive the people who did this, it feels really shortchanged and cheap. And I think we have to avoid that very quickly. Now, if the offender is coming to us, then going into what does it mean that God delivers you from the offense of your sin, that's a, that's a, big. That's a big conversation. And we also have to be careful there, too, because you don't want to offer... T- what you might think of as cheap grace, where we get let someone off the hook too quickly, because there are um, grace has real life implications uh, built into it that mm-hmm. we need to honor to to make sure that we're having integrity in living into that reality of grace. That's very difficult, very complex, but grace oftentimes seems when it comes upon us pretty darn nice, pretty so, easy. So I have this. Uh, depending on, do we have a few seconds? Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Okay. So I've been reflecting on Isaiah 44, and there's this passage in Isaiah 44 where um, God, uh, through the prophet, addresses them and says, hey, I'm the God that made you, I'm the God that loves you, I'm the God that did all this stuff for you, but you seem to have this problem with idols. Hmm. And then he talks about the idols of, a, of, a, of a, um, an ironsmith and the idol of, of a, a cook, an idol of a number of different idols where they make things and then they worship the things that they make. Yeah. But then he comes back to them, and this is the great phrase. After he's confronted them on, his, on their idols, he says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Here's the stunning thing. I have redeemed you. Not I will redeem you. Already, Already done. Not return to me, and I will redeem you. Quid pro quo, transactional thing, right? You do this, I'll do that. I already have redeemed you. Return to me, I have redeemed you. God's grace is not even predicated on our repentance. Our repentance is actually a response to God's Mm -hmm. grace. That's good. We'll take a quick break. Dean Weaver's with us from Memorial Park Church. Stick around. This is The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You're tuned to 101.5 Ward FM. (laughs) 
The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it, dry it, and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. On August 10th, get ready for a comedy that's off the leash. Do you think I'm ridiculous throwing a party for my dog? I would say that bouncy house is over the top. Four lonely strangers will discover that man's best friend... No offense, but is your dog pregnant or just super fat? ...are the best matchmakers. Dogs open their hearts to love and to be loved. This dog has made us a family. Dog Days, in theaters August 10th. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville... Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. John, you love dogs. I have uh, two dogs currently. Mm-hmm. Yay. Uh-huh. Gus and Ruby. Gus. Uh, the first dog we had was this uh, dog from Puerto Rico. Uh, her name is Ruby, and uh, she's a nervous wreck. And then the second dog who helped sort of calm down that Puerto Rican dog was uh, a, a friend of ours had two corgis, and they did not get along. So she sent out an email and said, would anyone like a corgi? And I happened to be sitting at my desk, and I saw this email, and I was like, I do. And then I forwarded the email cr- immediately to my wife and said, would you like to do this with me? Can we please? And she wrote back and said, I'm on board. So literally within 60 seconds, we had claimed ourselves a corgi. I drove home uh, on the way on the way back you know, after the job ended here, and I went to my friend's house, picked the corgi up, and brought it into my house. So did you claim the corgi? 
Or did the corgi claim you? <laughs> now the corgi has truly claimed me. That, yeah, I mean, John was predestined to be his owner. That dog. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see a dog make eye? You know, when it, how about when a dog make makes eye contact with you? Mm-hmm. And ref, that dog looks at me like I have mm-hmm. got you, and I am not letting go. Mm-hmm. There's a word for that. You know what that is? No. Grace. <laughs> the grace of God. A pure, unmerited gift. Oh, my gosh. Is it ever? You didn't deserve it, but there it is. Unconditional love nonetheless. I wake up in the morning, and I look over, and that dog is by my mm-hmm. bedside. And yeah. it's been there all night long. And I've, I've got two. I've what do you have? Oh, you have two dogs. Both rescues. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, your dog's names are? So uh, the first one is Blaze. Mm-hmm. Is that Blaze, a, as in Pascal? Uh, or as, as in the as fire? In, as in he'll take off. <laughs> Oh, no, he's a runner. He's a runner. Oh, gosh. Um, have you ever seen the movie Up? Oh, of oh, course. course. Okay. I remember, cried my way through Do you remember Up. Doug? Oh, yeah. No. He's like, I love Doug. you, I love you, I love you. Squirrel. Oh. That's Blaze. <laughs> oh. My okay. father used to call him minus six because his uh, his intelligence quotient is is uh, he's loyal, loving, and he's a, he's a, um, a, a yellow lab uh, Shiba Inu mix. Oh. And that's, which is very funny because he's got the yellow lab face, the yellow lab fur. He's smaller because uh-huh. Shibas are small dogs. Tight. And he's got like a, like a husky corkscrew tail oh, nice. like the Shiba. So he's this very funny, it, loving, loyal. He would go home with anybody dog. The, the sweetest thing in the world, not the brightest. Um, and then we have a, a Shetland sheepdog, or a Sheltie, as they call it in the industry. Um, and her name is Sapphire, and mm-hmm. she is the princess of all things fur. Of course. Um, and there's a lot of that fur in your house, oh as there is, is there in mine. Yes. Oh, my, is there, yes. Yes, yes. which yeah. requires a lot of patience, doesn't it? Yes, she's a little high-strung. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think myself and my son are the only ones on the planet that truly love her. Um, but she is uh, she she is a good uh, alert uh, bell for all things uh, nice. in front of our house, and that's important, is it not? To her, it's extremely important. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> One of the reasons you have a dog is because they pay attention for you. She does. Yes, she doesn't. Do okay, now, I you, have no dogs. I've never had a dog, and I've no interest in having a dog. How can but you I love, never have but, a dog? Listen, but I love dogs. I love dogs. Why would you not have because a dog? Because I'm a cat person. You I'm can a have a dog person. and a cat. No, but I am a cat person. I just am. I've got a I cat am. and two dogs. Yeah, I know, but you're not a cat so person. You're first, a dog person who has a cat. When I first came to Memorial Park, they mm-hmm. had a church cat. Did they? Did they? In the office complex, there was a cat. That wandered freely. That wandered freely. Nice. One, one of course, day, they all do. One day, I came into my office and said cat had marked my Greek New Testament. <gasps> And, that's and, not good. Yeah, the cat was not there a lot longer than that. Yeah, no, that's that. not good. And that's I announced good. to the church that we are making a transition. We are moving from becoming a cat church to becoming a dog church. <laughs> and we are definitely, mm-hmm. definitely a dog mm-hmm. church now. Has, you, has the dogs ever been in the sanctuary? Oh, sure. Oh, I wonder. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, we have a time when the staff bring in their dogs and nice. they run around in there. Now, I, I would like to have a dog here, although I would not get any work done. No, you would not get any work done at all. Hanging out with Gus. Now, okay, so here's the question, and I don't, I don't mean to over spiritualize this, and we only have a couple minutes left. Okay, but I feel like I have to bring it up. All right. I, I have come to believe um, so strongly in the in the ways that we can learn about God from our animals. And I, before we got our the two cats we have now, who are brother and sister, uh, my daughters and I, we prayed multiple times. The only reason my husband wasn't there was because he was at work. But we prayed that God would give us the animals. This was our prayer. God, give us the animals you want us to have so we learn something about you we didn't know before. 
Excellent. And I have seen that prayer answered through our two cats. You're going to say, oh, that's so crazy. You're over-spiritualized. I, don't, I really don't think I am. I think that there is something, um, and I, I use the term magical in air quotes, but I think there is something um, tremendous about how we interact with animals that can show us mm-hmm. about how God intended creation to be and who He is. So yeah. I don't. I guess I don't. Know, I don't even have a question for you. I guess that's just my story. In Genesis one, God created everything and it was good. And so all of the the, the creation exists for um, not only God's glory, but for our to interact with that in a way that cultivates and keeps mm-hmm. brings out something about the nature of who God is and who we are in relationship to him. So you could say that of almost anything in the creation. You, know, you, you stand at, a, sure. at the ocean right. and you yep. say, what does this teach right. me about God and his character? Right. How does the creation reveal the creator? Right? right. And so to be able to do that with our our animals, our domesticated animals in particular, what a gift to us. Well, it is because, and I, I, and I love the ocean, and mm. I love to be out in nature. I love it. But there is something about your animal. Like when you when you said the, the eye contact, when I look at Gus, who's, who's our boy cat, he looks at me in the eye. And we, I mean, it's the staring contest. I mean, it can go on for minutes. Yeah. He will not break. He will not break my eyes. He will weird? just we look and gaze at each other. And I think, what is he thinking? And I'm like, what are we doing here? But... <laughs> I'm not sure what this, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm being disciplined or loved or whatever it is, but there is something so amazing about the life that is in those animals and that we get to live with them and interact with them. It's a tremendous thing. Plus, I also want to just recommend on Twitter, thoughts of dog. If you are an animal lover and you don't follow the Twitter account, thoughts of dog, you're missing out. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. For just five quarters a day, you can sponsor a child through Compassion International. It's pocket change to you. It's life-changing for a child in need. Be part of the change. Become a sponsor now at Compassion.com slash radio. That's Compassion.com slash radio. We talked about uh, missionary pastors. Mm-hmm. The state of grace, mm-hmm. dogs, mm-hmm. and now with three minutes and 40 seconds or so left. How do we tie it all together? I want to hear about your trip to Brazil. I'm a master weaver, so <laughs> I'd like to try to weave all of that together. Yes, okay. You're just recently back from Brazil. I am, where I experienced God's grace, mm-hmm. um, where there were people who weren't treating dogs fairly, mm-hmm. and where I saw many pastors. Okay, good. There so you go. Very nice. Yeah. Too shady. Yeah. No, the church in Brazil is alive and vibrant. The society there is going through changes just like we are here. And the church is trying to figure out how um, they can continue to be the church and 
light of those changes. And there are people who are sticking a stake in the ground and saying, you know, here I stand, I can go no further. And there are people who are afraid of accommodating to the culture and everything in between. So Sounds like us. Yeah, what's going on in, in many parts of the world, including the Brazilian society, is not that different than what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Is it a beautiful country? It is. It is. It's quite huge. It's huge. And I think, uh, you know, um, we have a, a missionary in Brazil. And when people from the church heard I was going to represent the EPC at this meeting in Brazil, they said, oh, are you going to stop by? Him? I was like, I, I actually put a GPS. It's a 23-hour drive. What? So, no, I'm not going to see them. It's, it's, it's not possible. So I was in the mountains in the southeast part of the country above Sao Paulo and uh, would remind you a lot of Southern California in that environment. It's their winter, um, but lovely, 74 degrees degrees, sunny, mm. uh, weather was great. Uh, that was winter. And uh, people are fantastic, and um, uh, they love their church. They love to debate things when they're church. Mm. And it was uh, – I'm a student of culture, so I love to go mm-hmm. and observe and watch how Soak something as precise and as particular as evangelical and reformed Presbyterianism yeah. can take on such a totally different yeah. expression in one culture over and against another because culture and I context is always key. Yeah. Very nice. Dean, always a pleasure. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Memorial Park meets when? Um, well, we are uh, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, uh, Sunday mornings, 8, 9, 15, and 11, Corner of Peoples and Duncan in the North Hills of Pittsburgh. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> so says Dean Weaver in his very professional voice. Always a pleasure to be with you. Have a great night. God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.